been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS. Helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Hello, guys. This is Mark Cox with Real Talk. This is going to be our first podcast interview. Looking forward to it today, guys. Who we're going to be working with today is uh, Dickie Billings, who we're going to be talking to. And we're going to look a little bit about men's health today, about cysticular cancer. This is something that Dickie Billings was diagnosed with and had to deal with and ultimately beat. And so we're going to get to hear from him for a few minutes on what the, that looked like and what the mindset was and, and for how us to, to discover that and the stages that he went through for that. So looking forward to this interview today. I hope you guys uh, uh, enjoyed as much as I'm going to, and we're going to get started. All right. Good evening, everybody. This is Mark Cox with Real Talk with Mark Cox, uh, my very first interview podcast. I'm looking forward to this. So bear with us as we uh, as we go through the hiccups of, of learning this new thing that I've decided to take on. But looking forward to it, I, I decided to choose Dickie today um, because we've, well, he's been with me for a while now, so we've been, he's been a student of mine for a while, and we've talked about his, uh, his cancer scare that he's had, so, uh, the, first of all, I want to introduce him, his name is Dickie Billings, Dickie, how old are you? I am 32. So Dickie's 32 years old. He's been with me now for, you know, uh, well over a year in, in a full-time capacity at my school, so I've gotten to know him a lot more. He teaches class for us and stuff here also. So today, Dickie, like I told everybody, we're going to talk about this testicular cancer. You know, we've had these conversations before um, because I didn't really know. Me personally, I didn't know. We always know about it, right? But we didn't really, there's nothing really in writing for men about, hey, you should check for this. You know, women's health, women's health is, you know, they're getting checked on a pretty regular basis. For sure. Right. For and sure. as far as men goes, you know, most men, we don't go to the doctor anyway. No. OK. And it's not like, you know, women have, you know, their their yearly health and their and their breast examinations and everything else for cancer. So they're kind of at the doctor at a more regular basis. So us as men, we just don't do that. No. I don't know if it's right or wrong. We just don't. And so uh, I wanted to ask you first, why don't you why don't you explain to everybody what testicular cancer is? Why don't you go? Tell me what that is. So for me, it was a lump on my testicle. It was a growth, a tumor. And it. when I found out, I had to go through like a few tests, and it just felt hard and lopsided. And my mm. actual like ball sack was, looked bruised. And it was just like, it was something that didn't seem right. And the crazy thing is, when I Googled these things, there was multiple things for it. 
so it just didn't stick out to be cancer. No, like it, like multiple things. And when they talked about cancer, they talked more about be worried if there's pain. I wasn't feeling pain. It just looked a little funny and felt funny, but I didn't feel any pain. So I didn't think much of it. Hmm. So was it painful? No, no. Like it just was, it was just like really hard and lopsided. And I got worried because I saw it grow. Oh, that's what kind of, that's kind of how you started the discovery process. You started mm-hmm. to see it kind of grow. Exactly. And so once you started that, how long before you decided to go to the doctor? I knew about it for probably like three months. Like, yeah, I had, yeah, see. And the funny thing was, I was making jokes to my friends. They're like, I told a few of them, and they're like, oh, like that doesn't seem right. And I'm like, I Googled it. It could be a calcium buildup. It could be multiple things. And cancer wasn't high on the on the reasoning for it it said cancer could be a possibility but it wasn't like didn't say all the different types after uh i went to the doctor and they talked to me about like i had to do a, they had to look at the testicle after they removed it to see what type it was and he talked to me about a few different types and i i still can't even remember the few different types to this day i was just like okay I've, all i heard was cancer and i'm like I'm beating the shit. Ah. So, when you went to the doctor and you got a cancer diagnosis, now, how, how old were you at that time? Were you 30 years old? How long has this been since you've had it now? It's been four years. Four years. So, you would have been in your 20s, correct? No, it's, uh, I, it was 2006. Yep, four years. So, I was 28. So I, I looked up, before I did this interview with you today, I kind of looked up a little bit about testicular cancer so I can see. Because, you know, the most famous person that had it um, was Lance Armstrong, of course. For right? sure. And um, he's the one that brought this to the forefront for everybody because of his, his bout with it. So, you know, I, I was looking through this, and it looks like this is age bracket for you guys, right? Correct. It's a young man's cancer. For sure. Right? So, and you fall right into that. Luckily, though, the other thing that I saw about it was you have a, like a 95 to 96% rate of cure. Not just remission. We're just talking about curing it. And, of course, curing means, you know, you know taking it. Right. Right? So, however that cure looks like. It's just like my father, he had liver cancer, uh, no, I'm sorry, kidney cancer, and they went and took his one kidney, because you can still survive with one kidney, and luckily, he didn't have to go through any kind of chemo. We'll talk about what your your next thing was for that, but, so, as I Googled through it, I was like, man, this is definitely a young man's. For sure. You know, and it's it, it doesn't seem to be it seems to be kind of rare, you know, you, there's a high, you, you know, of course it's not rare when you have it, right? Everybody says that, right? Every, it's super rare to get it. Well, it wasn't rare for me cause you, you know, right. I got it right. So, you know, let's, let's talk about your mindset first. And you said a little bit, so you're, let, let's just take it to there right there. Right. We're, we're at the doctor's office. He comes in and you get the C word. So the funny thing about that was I was having a hard time in life at that point. My grandma just passed away. And my 
boss at the time was like hassling me and basically told me, you know, you've got a choice. You can either stick, you can either quit and you can be my, I'll be your reference or you can stick around and you will get fired. And I will like, you can't use me as a reference. So after that, I'm like, you know what? I should go to the doctors and get this checked out. So I go to the doctor in urgent care. And it was funny because he was talking all calm. He felt my testicle. And then he asked me, like, why I planned for the day. And I'm like, oh, nothing. He's like, runs, talks to the where I can get an X, uh, no, not actually, an ultrasound. And he yells across, being like, can you go to Los Robles at this time? I'm like, sure. So I, I go down and get it. And then he calls me later that night. I'm actually playing basketball with my good friends. And wow. one of those good friends actually had a rare bone cancer. So we're all playing basketball. I get a phone call. We stop playing for a second. And the doctor's like, come into my office at 9 in the morning tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't think any of it, anything of it at first. And then my friends are like, they're like, that can't be good. And I'm like playing more basketball. And I start thinking about it. It's, it's building up in me. I'm like, I'm like, I got to know. So I call him back. I'm like, hey, I, I can't wait. I just need to know what's going on. He's like, unfortunately, you have testicular cancer. Oh, uh, so that's how you. Yes. So I'm like playing basketball. And then like my friends are like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, you know, uh, I guess my jokes came true. <laughs> the whole time, like all that time. Because my group of friends that I played basketball with and skateboard with and the one who had ca- uh, cancer, they would always ask me every couple weeks, like, have you gotten checked out yet? And I'm like, nah, you know, it's probably just this. And I'm like, well, we all know it's probably going to be cancer. Just making stupid jokes like that. And then I'm like, well, I got fucking cancer. Right. So, so we, uh, you know, so you see that, um, yeah, we, we, we tend to joke about things that we take serious, right? Oh, for sure. Okay, right. That That's human nature, right? So our, our first reaction is to kind of make make a joke out of it because it's such a serious thing that I got to joke about it or it's going to crush me for sure. Right. So, and then you're in front of the guys, you know, just typical guy stuff, just typical stuff that we do, you know, to maybe ease the minds of friends and stuff like that. Ah, you know, it's all good. You know, I'm going to, you know, and so I get, I get what that mindset was. So, you know, let's take it to your first night. So you're, it's, this is your first night now. So you're, you're at home, and you got this. You still had to go see him in the morning, I'm yes. sure. Yes. Actually, no. He, uh, ah. He's like, since I told you. Actually, no, I did see him, and he gave me a specialist. But when I got home that night, I called one of my really close cousins and told him. And he's like, he's like, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to beat this. And he, like, researched the neck and found me doctors. And the, the, the one funny common thing that happened with everyone that night, like my roommates – I lived with him. I had two, three guy, man, no, three, two males, and my cousin and the few people I told that night. First thing they did was go check their, t- their nuts. Go check themselves. <laughs> they, they're like, oh, and they all like, and then like, they went in their bat in the bathroom, and they're like, like, all right, it's, it, it feels normal. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, my cousin got me a doctor at UCLA, so he gave me the number. So the next day I went in and I called my boss and was like. So I have some interesting news. I, I have testicular cancer. And she's like, all right, well, just let us know what you need and everything. We'll get everything taken care of for you. Don't, like, stress out. And the funny thing is that morning I call. And I'm at work. I call right before going to work. And I'm like, 
called UCLA and I'm like, hey, I need to make an appointment. I think I might have testicular cancer. This is what the urgent care doctor told me. I'm like, oh, so you just want to get a second, like a second opinion? I'm like, for sure. Like, you know, and they're like, send me everything, everything you got. So I emailed them my ultrasound. And then they just said, all right, we're scheduling you for a week in advance and we'll call you if anything needs to change. So I send everything. I'm at work 30 minutes later. I get that a call back. And they're like, so we need you to come in tomorrow morning. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I call my boss. I'm like, uh, I need to go in to the doctor at this time. She's like, okay, we'll get you your shifts covered and everything. So in the morning, I get a phone call and they're like, hi, is this is this Dickie Billings? I'm like, yes. How how's it going? They're like, we're confirming for Friday in the morning. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, Friday in the morning. We're we're confirming for your removal of testicles. Of your testicle. I'm like, <laughs> I like literally went high pitch. I'm like, hey, excuse me? Like, what, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm seeing the doctor today. And they're like, oh, you haven't seen him yet? So we'll put this procedure on hold for a moment. And then we'll, and then we'll check. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll go from here. And then, you know, my, I was fortunate enough because my aunt was the one who was by my side this whole time. She went through some, like, a little bit of a scare. And she has some experience with dealing with this. And it was crazy to me because she gave me a book to write things down and she came with me and she's like i'm here so that way if you miss anything and i'm like what am i gonna miss and think of it now i forgot everything that happened almost in that talk yeah i'm like and my aunt was like you know you're gonna be blown away by things and you're gonna forget things so we'll, we'll i'll help you with it the one thing i will not forget is the doctor comes in shakes my hand talks a little bit he's like all right drop him let me see feels it looks straight up at me and goes this needs to get removed tomorrow yeah and i'm like oh. uh -uh. so well, i guess that's you know that's when life that's that's when rubber hits the road and life hits you right in the face oh, for you know sure what i mean so you know so we're we're at this place now that now you so you really don't have much time to really think about stuff no i was just like i as soon as i got told I just thought of, like, how when my grandma went through all the cancer stuff and, like, some other family members, I first thing that went through my mind is they didn't let this beat them. I can't let, like, if I let this beat me, what am I doing to my grand, my grandma's, like, life? Like, that she, she had two different cancers, didn't slow down during them, beat them, and then when she was old, too old to want to fight anymore and she got her third, she, it, that's how she went. I couldn't, I couldn't let that, her legacy go that way. First thing was like, I got to beat this like my grandma. I can't, I can't let this win. So your mindset was to fight that it wasn't feeling sorry for yourself. It wasn't, no, you know, this is going to take my life. It was whatever I need to do is, is what I'm going to do. hundred percent. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to beat this. I'm going in. And then uh, my my aunt, when she was with me, she was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm fine." Like, and then after my I got my testicle removed, she uh, she took me home, and I like a few week like a week later, I went back in, and then the doctor's like, "All right, we're next, for, we're ready for our next step." And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't." Like, he's like, "Did you forget about us? The talk of which way it could go with the cancer?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, I actually did." And he's like, "So the next step is you can either not do anything." and hope it doesn't come back, or we remove your lymph nodes in your uh, your abdominal area. 
he was saying that what happens with your type of hematoma or whatever it was, I forget the type of tumor, is what it does, it leaves microscopic cancer cells that w- will grow in the lymph nodes around here and then it turns into something different. And he was saying, you know, some people don't do it because they want to, they think they think it's gone, and then some get it back. It's not a huge chance, but it's like a thirty percent chance. He was saying. So you you just said I'm not taking any chances. Exactly. My aunt was like, you know, you could possibly not, but and another thing the doctor said was he just had a patient who was a little younger than me decide not to do this surgery, and it came back, and he did chemo to fight it, and it ended up making it more aggressive, and he passed away shortly. Like, like it, it was like five years after his surgery. He was like 18 or something and like when he was like 23, 25. Just young because he decided not to take lymph nodes out. Exactly. So my, my aunt's like, you know, it's your decision, but, you know, he is the specialist. This is what he does. Mm. So you might want to go with what the plan is. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. Like, this is my best chance. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. There's no way I'm going to let this beat me. And then. So I got like a, a laparoscopic surgery to get my lymph nodes removed two days after my birthday. Uh, so you're just still in the 28, 29 year old range, mm-hmm. and that that's happened. When did you have to do any chemo or no. any radiation? So you, no, that, I was that, fortunate. That went away. I didn't have to do it. I was. They caught it in time. It was. Uh, I was really excited about that because my uh, my buddy who went through the bone cancer, he. He, like, watching his battle with chemo, it wasn't the easiest. You know, I remember that even with my own grandfather battling, you know, and watching what chemo's done. I've, You know, it's just a weird thing about cancer, right? You just don't know, mm-hmm. is the chemo great or exactly. is it worst? You know, I, I don't know. You know, at, at some point in this world, we're going to figure out that cure, you know. Oh, for sure. You know, because right now, every, we want to treat. We don't want to cure, you know what I mean? So it's... Uh, it's know. unfortunate. It's, right. you know, and then, you know, they do different weird things to to try to combat things that sometimes aren't necessary. Right. I know my buddy with the with his arm surgery to get remove the cancer, he wished he didn't do the, the combat side of it. He wished he just, like, got the cancer removed. But they took out extra to make sure it can't grow. Mm. And he wasn't able to really use – he's still not able to use – his arm as well because they had to take away muscle right so he's like part of him's like you know he wishes he never did that but same time it's like do you really want to go through like another thing i thought about too is like do i watching my grandma go through chemo watching him go through chemo i was like you know if i don't have to do it why like why take a chance when it's just a well, if you don't have to do it, 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 and the doctor is is not stressing for you to do it, then I wouldn't have done it either. No, if, if unless it was super told uh, to to do, you know what I mean. So, yeah, so you're you know you have a pretty good mindset on things. I, I remember when I was being told when I had blood clots, and uh, I remember in the hospital that night when they said, "Hey, you ain't going anywhere. You're lucky you're alive. This this is this is what could have killed you." You know, in 2017, I remember laying there going, you mean, you got to be kidding me. And I remember having the same mindset. You know, I've, I've had a fighter's mindset all, the, all along. And then, of course, you're trying to make it like it's not a big deal. 
so your family doesn't get all all weird. You know what I mean? And and because it was hard on my own parents and stuff and my own kids when oh, I was in the sure. hospital. I'm I sure it's the same thing for you. And so, you know, so before all this though, Dick, you really weren't in any martial arts. Were you in good physical shape? No, I was. Uh, it's funny because I all I did was skateboard and work at a skateboard shop. So you know my working out was walking around, moving around a skateboard shop, moving stuff, and then skateboarding a few times a week. I actually, at one point, I'm 165 now. I was like 195. Uh, and what was uh, another interesting thing about that was when I was, after I had the first surgery, I kind of felt like I was super strong. And what kind of brought me down to earth was I told my doctor, I'm like, hey, can we reschedule the second surgery? I want to, like, you know, party, hang out with my friends, and celebrate my birthday. And he goes, how about this? Be cancer this year. Mm-hmm. Then go, so and then celebrate next year. And that, like, kind of gave me a little sock to the face of, like, oh, shit, I'm not done. Yeah, that, and well, yeah, that's when life, when you're young and, and life hits you in the face and you think that you can just beat everything. Right. The doctor uh, puts you back in reality check. You know, and then uh, after that surgery, going through that, and I didn't feel super strong. I felt weird pains I never felt before. And then the doctor saw me, and he's like, you know, you should be in better shape for your age. Like, you shouldn't have a stomach like that. And, you know, you might want to start changing that. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I started. And then shortly after that, I went back to work, and I was more mindful of what I ate and I, w- I thought about dieting more and being w- and working out, trying to work out a little bit more. I tried to skate a little bit more. And then shortly after that, that's when I lost my job. And I was like, dang, when, how can 2016 get any better? Grandma died, and I had cancer like a month later, and then I lose my job within like three months after that. And then you're told that, you know, you got to work on your physical. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I was like, I was, I was close to getting into a dark place, and then that's when I found the martial arts. My roommate, Justin Ichikawa, was like, hey, dude, like, you know, like, if you want to get fit, karate will work. If you want to get better balance, which I talked to him about for skateboarding, he's like, karate will work. And I'm like, I don't know if you noticed this, Justin, but I don't have money, so I can't afford. He's like, let me talk to my dad. And then if you, like, the next day, he's like, my dad says, if you want to clean the studio and take care of the studio, you can train for free. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, so I remember that. I'm Mr. Ichikawa. So for those that are listening, Mr. Ichikawa is my instructor also in uh, in the martial arts. He's the one that uh, I started with back in 1982 or so. And he did the same thing for me. I was able to clean school, paint, and then do things like that for him to... Um, allow me to train you know is a blessing for sure so we didn't really I knew about you as a student here and there because you were helping with the studio but I really wasn't in the process of you going up the ranks and so did the martial arts change your mindset of partying in the beginning or no yes actually it's funny because I had this whole weird little plan of like I'm gonna skateboard hang out with friends and then do karate like a few times out of the week. And then I take my first couple classes the first week. And I'm like, I love this. 
this is why I, like, I love doing this. And then, you know, talking with Mr. Ichikawa every night, like, after, like, cleaning the studio, talking with him, and it just, like, kept resonating, growing. And then, uh, actually, one of the, another turning point was when I took your first class and I first met you. Like, your fight mentality has always stuck with me through that studio. Like, I've always thought of fighting the worthy opponent, where mm-hmm. other people in there didn't really have that, that mindset they'd be more like oh you know i need to look pretty on certain some of them were like i need to look pretty some were like i just need to do the technique right and i've always i've always thought can i do this efficiently to save my life if i ever get into that i've always thought about i'm always going to try to fight the worthy opponent Mm -hmm. yes that was uh yeah the worthy opponent when i was teaching the military that came up quite often and of course you did beat the you know you did fight the most worthy opponent which is cancer right so and you don't go into a fight without the mentality of of i'm gonna win we don't go into something with i hope i finish right you know you have to go into something with i'm gonna win this now the outcome is what it is but the mindset has to be what it is and so you know when we talk about mindset i'm listening to you go through this 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 here so you weren't really you already had a mindset even before martial arts so that that's based on what i'm hearing from you and which is a great thing you know what i mean so martial arts i've always had you know i had that same thing i always was kind of a fighter anyway and i thought well martial arts is just going to make me a better fighter and little did i know it it kind of reef you know mr chicago kind of reshaped me a little bit and my mindset and how how it's going to how it's going to affect me in the real world and then i took it from there to you know and continued on just like what you're doing now as a young man but when you're so did it change any healthy habits for you were you still partying were you you know i i partied here and there but <clears throat> it's funny cuz after i started Really, like, I was training, like, after a few weeks, I'm, like, got in. The, each each belt rank I went, I got more responsibility in there and became more of a leader in that school, each rank. And then I got in short on, I got to, the, the, my mindset was, I'm going to become a black belt, and I'm going to be the best black belt that I can be. So mm-hmm. as soon as that got in my head, you know, a lot of things got put to the wayside skateboarding got put to the wayside um going out and partying like if if i had training the next day i wouldn't i wouldn't drink Uh uh-huh like uh i went up to bass lake with my cousin and her friend like around that time like when i first like a few months after i started training maybe like six months and we're up at the cabin and she's like oh like we're gonna have some wine i'm like no i'm good I'm, and then I, like, as they were drinking and they went to bed, I was doing push-ups, sit-ups in the living room. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue staying strong. I'm going to continue. And, like, literally since starting martial arts, like, my, me being a better, stronger person has always been my, my priority. Mm. Yeah, that, well, you know, that's in, you know, that's the beauty of martial arts, right? It is... It's a growth process, you know, and uh, 
we had these five words, right? Courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit. And then we bring that out to the real world, what that really looks like. At the same token, can you defend yourself? I mean, that's where you, that's where you talk about me, where I'm, I was a little bit more edgy, I guess, is what you, you know, what, what I brought to the table for you. And then as, as time goes on, I got to know you more and more as I was teaching at Mr. Chikawa's once a month. And then I think you had your black belt test and we all showed kind of showed up for it for your black belt test. And it was good. It was, you know, you had, you had a solid test and we, I, I knew about, I, I wish that we had a better discussion about your, your bout with cancer because I've been doing this for a long time. Right. And I've watched the human spirit do things that, I just amazes me, you know, when adversity would hit you. I, I've seen it where where a parent has learned that their son has has as a hard grade of autism, and to watch her rise above that as a mother and take that on. Right, I've seen this. I've seen this firsthand where the husband's in denial and the mom is on the on the bandwagon, and she was a student of mine. And watch, watch that go, watch her fight, right? Because that was a fight. That's a worthy opponent. Oh, for sure. Okay. So when I speak of worthy opponents, I speak just of that. So if, if, if I'm defending myself, I'm not training for uh, average Joe or, or, or Mr. Mouth. I'm, tr- I'm training for that opponent that is going to give me his best or he's training more than I am. And that's what I'm that's what strives me. That's what pushes me. And I think that same mindset has to do with health. And I see the same thing in my own you know, you may not have been the same place I was. I, I was at a little bit different place. I remember being super scared at home when this happened to me in twenty seventeen. Any little thing that happened I felt like I was going to have um, a stroke because when you're when you have these blood clots, I had them in both lungs. They said it is amazing that you flew on an airplane. Medications I was taking, I was taking some testosterone at that time. Now, not I'm not talking about bodybuilding testosterone where I'm just you know I'm just juicing myself up to get big and stuff like that. I'm talking about I was under a doctor's care to try and get my testosterone level up to more normal, see. And every time I flew, I would shoot some so I don't have to take it with me. And so I shot testosterone, which I found out even makes your blood thicker. I didn't know that until the blood doctor came and talked to me. And then I'm laying in the hospital going, um, I need to get out of here. I need to walk. I need to do something. They wouldn't let me do anything for three days. And then they finally let me walk up, up, you know, around. And so I decided that, you know, every I went home and I would fall asleep and I would wake up at a dead cold sweat thinking I'm, my, I'm feeling something in my heart. I'm afraid that a blood clot's going to go and get into the heart or my biggest fear to be honest, wasn't as much death was stroke. I did not want to be 
in a vegetative type state from a blood clot. And so, you know, it took me six months to get out of that funk. And in those six months, I was probably one of the heaviest. I mean, you've seen pictures of me out there before my real weight loss journey. But it took me six months to get my mind right and say, I'm not taking this anymore. Because when I listen to you, you know, you're like you had your mindset even after the cancer, even you felt woozy and you started your martial arts and you just didn't let it let it stop you, which is a which is a great quality. And so, you know, I got you know, my hat's off to you for that. I think that's Thank that's you. a good that's a good uh mindset to have, you know. That's what I that's what I teach, man. That's the worthy opponent. What you know, your worthy opponent is what it is, right? We all have these I don't know, ailments. It could be mental. It could be anxiety. It could be um, self self discipline. It could be you, you don't feel good about yourself. It could be anything. Those are all worthy opponents. And as far as martial arts go, you know, a worthy opponent is a worthy opponent. Hundred percent. Your mindset is your mindset. If you're going to go to war, you're going to win. You know. So if you're going to go to war to beat anxiety, you're going to go to war to beat anxiety. If you're going to go to war to uh, have better self-confidence, then you need to take the steps to have better self-confidence. And I 100%. think that you're probably, you probably agree that probably why you made a joke a little bit about it in the beginning anyway, because it was already a big joke. And, you know, I'm sure there's times your confidence wasn't as high as it needed to be. Yeah. Am I going to be able to do this? Okay. I'm putting on the front. It's when we have real talk with ourselves, right? right? When we're like, when nobody else is around, and your character is there right in front of your face, and the only person that knows it is you and God, what you're going to say. Am I going to beat this thing for sure? Do I have the mindset? Do I have the will? Do I have the iron will to do what I'm going to do? So, you know, and it sounds like, you you know, you had that. And it took me a while. But when I, when I flipped script, I was all in. And so, you know, it was good to see. So talking about martial arts... You know, we're a little bit into the show, so, you know, this is my first show, and I've been enjoying this this back and forth, because there's some things we've talked about today we haven't even talked about, so it's been great, but I wanted to give a shout-out to um, one of our very first sponsors of, of this uh, Real Talk show, and that's RevGear. You know, RevGear has been with me ever since 1990. Paul Revlin used to uh, sell his uh, equipment right out of the back of his car, and I had Chatsworth Karate in 1990s when I opened it, around 91, he was starting. He would come to my studio at the back of his car, and I would buy bags. And he's kind of the engineer guy for the tombstone bag that we use in Krav Maga. And so I've had a working relationship with them, and they jumped right on board to be a sponsor with me. So I wanted to give them a shout-out and thank them very much for their sponsorship. As we go on with these, on a monthly basis, I'll, they're going to give me some uh, product that I can be able to raffle off or have a drawing for and, and such like that. So I'm looking forward to that. Right now, if you go to revgear.com forward slash real talk, anybody that does that can go ahead and uh, get a 10% discount on anything they have there on the website, and it'll be shipped to you. Once again, that's revgear, R-E-V-G-E-A-R.com forward slash real talk, and you'll be able to get a 10% discount Go and enjoy yourself. They've got the, some of the best equipment. We've used all of our fighters here use their equipment, and I'm sure you're going to be enjoy it just as much as we have. Okay, so let's get back to 
to some of this other other stuff. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a mindset guy, so uh, I want to talk about now 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 that I've seen you, we've known that you've had cancer, and you know, we still make fun of it today, right? We still make a joke out of it because you almost have to, right? Oh, hundred uh, percent. But you know, the 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 big question I'm I'm sure why people are listening to the show. One of the questions is going to be, well. Are you able to still have children? So, one of the interesting things about my journey with it is one of the things that when it first found out, my aunt and I and like everyone's like, how how do you how does this happen? And one of the interesting things, the most interesting thing I thought about it is kids whose testicles don't drop all the way mm-hmm. have a higher chance of getting testicular cancer. And I actually, when uh, I was born, one of my testicles didn't drop. Interesting. And, I, I didn't know that either. And when I was 12 years old, I actually had a hernia surgery, and they found out about that, and they pulled it down. So I was about like 12 years old when I had that surgery. And then after I got I got it, the doctor, as soon as I got removed, I was like, worried. he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you'll be fine. And then when he talked about the second surgery, he's like, just a heads up, you have a 15% chance after the surgery of having, it's called retro ejaculation, where your sperm goes into your, um, into your urine, into your, what's that called again? Like the urethra tract or something to that effect? Uh, where, where the, the piss comes from. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that track, it can go into a different track. Exactly. So it will sterilize your your sperm ah and he's like since you are this is happening you are eligible to join live strong so i'm actually part of live strong ah so when i went they they said before you go do the surgery you're gonna need you it would be wise of you to go get your to go get sperm frozen oh so i i went and did that and i got a and I joined part of Live Strong, and they were saying, like, you know, they asked me, like, are you willing to, like, talk about your journey to anyone if they need help? I'm like, for sure. Like, anyone, if, you, if anyone needs someone to talk to, have them call me. And did anybody? Uh, They called once and said someone was thinking about calling you, and they were giving, but no one called. Right. Typical men, right? Totally. Right. I, I mean, I've seen this in men's health over and over again. Um even in my own family with mental men's health, even with eating disorders for men, this type of thing, there's not really a strong group. And maybe it's not because there's not a strong group because men are just like, yeah, you know, I got this. And so we don't, we don't really talk about it. We don't have any real talk. Hey man, this is, you know, this, this is how I feel. And this is what I got to do. And this sucks. So, I mean, I get that a hundred percent. I get it. You know, unless you're a man, you just don't, you know, and most men listening to this right now are going to go, you know, most women are probably going, see, you're stupid. Okay, <laughs> right. And so for uh, sure. Right. They're like, you see, sure. you're just being a dumbass. So, um, you know, so I, I get that. I, I can fully understand that whole process there. So that was something else I didn't know. I didn't know about uh, part of Live Strong. I think when I do my show notes, I'm going to. I'm going to go and Google that also. I, I, I have some stuff about uh, testicular cancer, uh, another website I'll put in the show notes and on my website. 
Uh, if you guys go to my website, my show notes will be there. It's just markcox.com, M-A-R-K-C-O-X.com. And um, you'll be able to, uh, you know, I don't want to hear any jokes either because we got Dickie and Cox talking to you about testicular cancer. I already know the jokes are coming. So we're just going to stop <laughs> it before it even gets anywhere. And um, uh, so in the part of Live Strong, you know, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put that up so people can look into that a little bit. And I'll put into the show notes um, about another website where, you know, the things to look for. And I think that, well, the other thing I caught from you was um, that you have a bigger percentage if you're, if a young, if a young boy's uh, testicles are not dropping properly, that they have another, you know, that's an issue. Totally. I, I think that's, as a parent, you know, listen, I, I, I've raised four boys. I've never even knew that. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever told me that in any one doctor's appointment I've ever had. Now, maybe it's just because my children had all that was normal for them but i certainly never heard of it ever until right now which i you know those are the kind of things that these kind of shows are awesome for it's like well i didn't know that so because I'm, I'm sure i have some young dads out there now at least um to think about that 100 percent. i know so, a lot of my family members like my brother like my nephew has that situation and when i told my my sister-in-law she's like Oh, that's, you know, we're going to keep an eye out for that now down the road. Yeah, you see, and that's the whole thing, right? Now now you have something that, you know, you can put on your list. Amen. Every time we go to the doctor, we're going to tell them about that, and we're going to, because here's the thing, Dick, yeah, I'm sure you know this, and, and, and same with me. At some point, you have to be responsible for your own health. 100%. And when you go to a doctor, and I encourage anybody that's listening to the show, when you go to the doctor, <laughs> your health is your worthy opponent. For sure. You're fighting for your health. You take the doctor's time and you make that doctor talk to you. He's getting paid plenty of money. He can, and you write down your questions and make him answer every single one. Because I did the same thing. And, you know, about everything that is. And unfortunately, like you guys know around me, I'm still on blood thinners, which really irritates me. You know what I mean? And so, um, which is going to bring me on to the next topic of what you and I did together. And, uh, more of a mindset type of thing. So you watched me go through 75 hard. I think you watched me do it the first time, correct? 100%. Right. And then you watched me, I don't know when you were with me, but you probably knew me at my highest weight. I knew at, at the highest weight I ever was, believe it or not. I don't even like talking about this, but since we're going to go on, on this on this journey and this is real talk, then I'm just going you know, to give it to you straight. The most that I think I ever weighed, in the, like in the hospital, I believe I was actually at 388, okay? Now, was I ever bigger than that? I don't really know. I, I really don't know. And, and the way I'm built is you wouldn't really know I'm carrying that much weight. No. I'm just a, I've always been a big dude. I've always lifted a lot of weights. And so underneath all this fat has been a, quite a bit of muscle, believe it or not, because I power lifted as a young man and little things that I did there. And so you've watched me go and lose 100 pounds. You know what I mean? And uh, you've watched me. I, I could have even been bigger. I, I, don't, I really don't know if I was a little bit higher than that or not. But I'll tell you this. It was... It, you know, 
it was it was hard for me. And then when I found the keto diet and and Jay Walker kind of walked me through that and I went did that with him, I started my weight loss journey. Andy Frasilla comes around into my life with this 75 hard. And I don't I, I can't remember who turned me on to him or I'm just going through podcasts because I I personally I listen to a lot of podcasts. You always are with me. You always hear me 100%. listening listening to to other people's, you know, I, I really enjoy Jocko. I mean, they're long podcasts. They're like two and a half, three hour podcasts, but he's such a leader and the lessons learned that I've just always enjoyed them. And this is probably, and Andy Frasilla is just one of those, I mean, he's pretty raw and it's real talk. And the 75 hard came along and I said, you know what? You think it's for weight loss. Weight loss is is just a byproduct of it. Oh, for sure. Okay. And so you watch me do it. You watch me complete it. And then on the next go around, the second time I did it, you said, I want to jump on the bandwagon. And you decided to go. So those that are listening, you know, though you've been around me enough, you know that what 75 Hard is and you know who Andy Frasilla is. You're welcome to go look at his podcast. He's got one of the number one. And he's got a new one out. He's got a business podcast. Uh the MFCO project podcast. And now he's got, uh, real AF is his newest podcast with Andy Frasilla. but 75 hard is five simple tasks, right? So here's a five simple task, right? We had to drink a gallon of water a day. Sucked. Sucked. And, uh, that was probably one of the hardest things for me. Uh, and I'm in 75 hard right now as we're speaking today is day 27 for me. And so I'm in the middle of day 20, out of the 75 days, I'm on day 27 today. So we have a gallon of water to drink. We have 10 pages of a book that's going to, uh, like a leadership or a self-help or something to that effect. It can't be a novel, right? So we have 10 pages that we have to read every day. Seems easy, not easy. No. Okay. And so, uh, and then, so we got the water, the reading, and then you have to take a picture of yourself, a progress picture every day. And so... And then we have to um, stick to a diet that you cannot cheat on. Now, that part of it, I've been on keto. My keto lifestyle has been well over a year and a half now, and it's part of what I do. It's no longer something that I have to fight to do. So that, that part of it is a little bit easier for me. So, And you can't have any alcohol, though, on this. And that's something that you, we'll talk about that you gave up. And... So you can't have, you have to stick to a diet, you can't have any alcohol, and you have to do these workouts. So you have two 45-minute workouts. So it's 90 minutes a day, but one of those 45-minute workouts has to be outside. They can both be outside, but one of them has to be outside, regardless of what the weather is. So as you know, when we were on 75 Hard Together, I traveled. I had to go to Georgia, and you remember that. You know, 100%. it was storming and, and all kinds of stuff, and I'm out there in that rain, and it used to just push me to be – because I know I'm out there in humidity and rain and everything else. People looking at me like I'm a freaking idiot, right? And But I know in my head, this is a mental game. The 75 hard is a mental process. So let's talk about you now. Now we've moved past this. You're, you're, I wouldn't say remission, right? Is it considered remission or are you just you don't have it anymore? What does it mean? The, the doctors will not say... You are cancer free until you have five years of free scans. Of ah, so I've I've had free like I've been looking good every time I go 
get a checkup from a doctor. So I'm pretty much, like, at this point, I consider myself good. And you beat it. Yes. You ask anyone who's, like, gone through cancer and, like, the chances of them, like, at this point, like, after four years, five years, like, doctors won't say, they they just, I think it's a legal thing or something along those lines. But Mm -hmm. they'll, not until five years of free Free and clear. The one funny thing that I, I find it funny is every time I go to the doctor and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling too good in here and I had this cancer. They're like, okay, let's get your everything checked out today. Your results will be back today. Everything's just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Everything's like I, I don't really wait around at all. All right. So. Well, that's, well I guess that's the best thing for men, right? <laughs> Something happens and now at least you're being looked at every day. Exactly. So now, now, Dickie, we're at we're at seventy five hard together, and you've been around me enough now, so you know that my mindset and what I do, and you know, you know me kind of. I guess would be in the inner circle. You know, you know how I operate. You know my mindsets and stuff like that, and you decide to hop on this bandwagon with me. So on seventy five hard, what changed on your seventy five hard when you completed it? The biggest thing is I've always been a pretty aggressive individual but my like aggressiveness went up even more and then my patience for bs got less got Mm -hmm. shorter and then just excuses like i used to always make excuses where now after that i'm like fuck your excuses like there were so many times that like i before I'd hear excuses and always trying to be the nice guy and be like, "Oh, benefit of doubt." Now, most of the time, when I hear excuses, I'm like, "Mm-hmm, that's bull." Yeah. So I'm like, it's funny, like how certain thing I just don't have patience. I lost patience for stupid things. Right, and I think that we reflect that on our own self because uh, I think any any time that I went through 75 hard too, I do have a short fuse for, I've always had a short fuse for excuses anyway. And I think, you know, on some of my podcasts, you know, I can talk about that on my on my thought process on just making excuses because it's super easy to do. And it's super easy on 75 hard to say you did it and you didn't really do it. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Uh, it's very easy when you're laying there in bed. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, oh, man, I forgot. Oh, man, I got another 45 minutes, and I got to roll out of bed and walk around the block or whatever it's going to take to finish up what mm-hmm. it is. Or you can lay there and say, who's going to really know? Who's going to really know? And see, that's a character issue, and that's what really this 75 heart is honed is character issues. So when I when you were with me is when you started lifting now with me at that point. Of course, gyms were open at that time. You know, we're not in this COVID uh, garbage. But so tell me that process, you know, because I think that you've lost weight in that and your strength has gone up. So what so tell me how that has helped your you mentally on top of so now now we've we've beat cancer. You've got your black belt. You started your martial arts training and now you're on 75 hard and you're starting to change your mindset a little bit about excuses and things like that. So what did the gym do for you? You know, feeling stronger, like working out everything made my body feel so much better. Like I used to always wear a knee brace when I would 
crane and then lifting helped me not have to worry about that brace. It made my knee stronger and everything, mm. everything feeling stronger in turn, it just was easier to do things. I felt less pain. Uh huh. Like that's one of my favorite parts about all this working out that I've been, that I do is like, I feel less pain, even though I'll be more sore than I used to be, but I feel less pain. I had a partially torn ACL like six years ago and I, you know, like I would always feel pain after like moving for a while and like sore and just felt like complete crap. And then after like during 75 hard, I felt great. I had better energy. I could do more. And, you know, one of my favorite things I've gained from 75 hard is that tunnel vision of just this needs to get done and I need to make sure that I can do it. Mm. And, you know, that, that was a game changer for me. Yeah, I was. I've been. I've never been uh, more happy about something that's come across my table as much as seventy-five hard. Now, this is why. This is my fourth time doing it, seventy-five hard. I didn't even go to phase one yet. Phase one's a thirty-day process. I've done it three, four. This is my fourth time, and um, I failed at number three. Uh, I passed one and two. And then when I did three this last time, I did three because people were doing three, uh, were doing it, and so I just kind of stepped in. But my mindset wasn't proper for it, and it it ended up, you know, I don't know if it was the water I didn't do, and I wasn't reading like I was supposed to. I was kind of phoning in second workouts, and at some point, I'm like, listen, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm making excuses like I'm doing this. You're not doing squat, so. Stop doing it like you're doing it, saying you're doing it, and then wait till the next go around. And this next go around, we've had a group of people. We've already we started with nine, and we've already had three or four drop, you know, at day twenty-seven. Because the thing happens is everybody's excited for you in the beginning, and pretty soon they really don't care. Their own life is going on, and now it's just you and the seventy-five hard looking you in the face every day. Am I gonna Am I gonna finish this? Am I gonna do these tasks every day? And one of the things, you know, I tell you, you know, I tell even my students now that I'll tell you one, one little thing that's, that's happened. I listened to a Navy SEAL. I wish I could remember his name off his hand, but it was a, it was a speech for a graduating class. And I'm sure you guys have seen this. And he talks about how Navy SEALs prepare things. And one thing he does is he makes his bed every day. And I listened to that. And he goes, because at least if you make your bed every day, you have completed a task. And then that should fulfill your rest of the days. And ever since I listened to that from him, I decided that I'm going to start making my bed every day. And, you know, from that day, I've never not made my bed. I used to just kind of leave and it would be a mess and you come home and it's a mess. And and so I started that process. And so this just kind of reinforced it. So I know that, you know, when I, I speak to you a little bit about watching your growth and, um, going to 75 hard and then going to the gym and doing the stuff that you did with me, I saw you get stronger, but on the same token, you saw me get stronger. hundred percent. Right. So, you know, me pushing at, at my age, you know, uh, being 59 and trying to push, you know, 300 pounds again, like I, when I was a young man and you watch me attain that. Now you watch me attain that just a, a few weeks ago. I mean, you remember when we were started, oh, I, was, sure. I was pushing maybe 185 once or twice. And then you saw me getting stronger, and, you know, you got, you know, you pushed, which pushed you to be even stronger. And that's just that iron sharpens iron, that mindset. 
And this 100%. is where that 75 hard, you know, comes into, into play. Now, you, you have, you know, part of 75 hard was not drinking anymore. And I know that, you know, right before you did 75 hard, you were at a wedding and you're still partying up a little bit and stuff like that. And then you ended up, you know, giving that up. You know, and I don't really know if you've if you've done any I haven't, real drinking since then, but I haven't had a sip of alcohol in it's almost been a year since I started seventy five hard. Right. And I haven't drinking since. And you know, that that's the thing, right? You know, and it's not like I, I have an issue with somebody who wants to have a beer or or they're having a drink on the on whether we're you know, they're out and about when you're allowed to go to a restaurant, um these right. days. But, you know, for me, you know, I haven't either. Ever since I started 75 Hard, I've, I've not had any alcohol whatsoever, and I hardly ever drank anyway, even before it. And so uh, I watched that with you, and I watched your health get better. And so you can't have, you know, as your health gets better and your mindset gets better, it can't help but make the rest of you and your healing process, even though it's four years out uh, into into this cancer thing be able to you know win 100 percent. you know so you know when when you're is it even a thought process for you anymore or is more of a thought process for you to tell other guys hey man this happened to me make sure you check yourself you know it's for sure it's helped me listen to my body more Uh uh-huh or, you know, as, when I was younger, I'd just be feel a little pain. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. You know, like, I just ignore things. Where now, when I feel something, I listen to my body more. And I tell other people they should do the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you feel something odd, there's nothing wrong with going to get it checked out. Right. And I, I think that's 100%. And, and you know, uh, to the men that are listening, I can't, we, you know, listen, hey, man, I'm right there with you. Um, and, and if we're going to be real and, and authentic, I'm, I'm supposed to have one of those colonoscopies when I was 50 years old, and I still haven't done it. And now, of course, it's hard to really do because in my head, I've already decided to do this. But in the hospitals, you can't even get these simple procedures done now. No. You know, this is how people don't find things and they get sick. Uh, and then they, they can't, you know, g- find it in time. So I, I encourage everybody that's listening now to uh, have that mindset, guys, to... Uh, be around for your children, be around for your grandchildren, and be around for your health. And, you know, the to the women that are listening, I know how hard-headed us guys are. I, I know you like to, um, you know, take a hammer to our head sometimes because we just, it's just one of those things. I'm just going to tell you, ladies, it's just one of those things that, and I can't tell you why men are like this. I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if it's like, you know, we think we can just, you know, we can, maintain everything on our own and uh, or what that looks like so you know i kind of want to you know wrap this up a little bit uh you know so now now you're here at chatsworth a little bit more now and you know we have a journey now the 75 hard now has pushed you into you know our our brazilian jiu-jitsu program with sergio machado right 100 percent, and pushing you to a new level of what what that looks like right 100 percent. and so so you see it in uh you see us when we're doing this now what is it what's your mindset look like after 75 hard doing martial arts today 
you know, it's every day when I see a weakness in, in my game and in anything, my like my mindset's now, all right, what am I going to add to make this better? Mm-hmm. There's never a time where I'm like, oh, you know, whatever, it'll get better with time. I'm always game planning on how I can add workouts to make these things better. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's always there's always something going on in my life to make myself better. And that's something I never I didn't have until 75 hard, really. Yeah, in martial arts. I didn't have any of that stuff. I'm just like, "Oh, whatever, you know, things will happen." I'll I was always a fly, you know, on the cuff of my you know, whatever came, I'd I'd deal with it. And then now it's like I see weakness and I want to change it. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. That's really good. You know, this is uh, you know, this has been uh, this has been awesome. This has been very good for me to to get some information on, even even more for for people to to kind of go look at. I'm hoping they get get as much out of the show as I did. I, I really enjoyed some of this uh, that we talked about. There's things in here I didn't know. I know we've done some stuff together. You've been around me enough now. You know that I have a mindset of, um, you know, a don't quit mindset. You've watched me. Even through this COVID, uh, we become, you know, how, how do we beat this next? 100%. You know, we either going to, you know, here's the thing. We're either going to let COVID take us or we're going to choke it, one of the two. 100%. Right? And, and I think that 75 Hard has even helped me through that because I've watched this. <laughs> I've watched what it's done to people, what it's done to families. I've seen it rear its ugly head of fear and then i've seen it where people on the other extreme where they're not cautious at all 100 percent, right it's okay to be cautious you know don't we want to be cautious not to even catch a cold right we don't even want to catch a cold right so there's nothing wrong with that we got to wash our hands a little a little bit more and uh or you know do whatever it is that we're going to do to be to have less germs you 100%. know i think that you know me you know we can i'm not going to get on a political rant of anything of or how i feel about masks or anything else but you know if if it makes somebody else feel more comfortable and it's somebody else's rules i of course i always abide by what they want 100%. just as much as i want them if they're going to come into my school you're going to wear a uniform you're going to bow you're going to pay your respects you're going to raise your hand when you want to go off the mat there's rules in in a martial arts place just like there's rules that other other people's places, and you want to be respectful of them. Hundred percent. So, you know, in a but, I also know that we hit it head on. Like, okay, here's COVID. All right. So, in what was it, three or four days, we were already up and, and doing classes. Hundred percent. All of us instructors here. Hundred percent. Ashley Sage went through seventy five hard. Michael Cox, he didn't go through seventy five hard, but he was on it. Nathan Carlin was on it. You and you and I. Filming, getting things up online, not letting something beat us. 100%. And then we open, and then boom, we have to close again. What a blow that is. That's like taking a, a hook punch to the mouth. Oh, that fucking sucks. Okay. And so uh, I was just, you know, taken back at the fact that um, that we would just sit back and allow that to happen. You know what I mean? So... I, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. And so as a leader, as leadership goes, if we go down, the ship goes down. 
So we have to stay up there as leaders. And that's what I decided to do. And I got some, you know, we got some good guys that we rally around. And so to end this thing today, you know, we started out as, as, as some health for men, health for men, but we're going to end it with a mindset of whatever our worthy opponent is, we're going to attack that with everything that we got because that's just what 100%. we need to do, you know? So are we going to let COVID beat beat us or are we going to beat it? I mean, it, it, it's a pretty simple question. 100%. Okay. Now, we all are going to have different levels, okay? I'm not quite where you're at yet, Mark, or uh, I'm not I'm not down here. I'm up here, but the fight is real, and we're going to be in the fight together, however 100%. that looks. Because I don't want any of my students getting sick. You know what I mean? You can't say it's all fake because no. it's not fake. But I can't I can't stand by and and uh, and live in fear personally. No. You know. And so I think that seventy five hard that worthy opponent approach that when I when something hits me. Uh, I'm hitting back. I'm hitting I'm back twice as hard. That's right. It's not going to... I I don't even think the COVID thing hit me to my knees. I mean, we lost a lot of business. Uh, but on the same token, you know, there's things that happened in here that people don't know about that were blessings, you know. Um, yeah, Everybody knows I'm a man of faith anyway, but, you know, God still blessed me even through this. Certain things that happened that uh, helped me be able to keep paying paying students and these awesome you know you had you had two types of people you have everybody that's dropped off the planet uh do a bunch of chargebacks or or they just right. going to cancel everything and then you have the other group that sometimes they didn't even come but they kept supporting and supporting 100%. and supporting it was such a a mixture of things and once again like what we focus on usually is the negative and that's the mind shift I think that out of this thing we will end with is to try and shift your way out of being so negative about everything. Because all I would do is come in and say, all right, who's charging back now? I mean, you guys have seen me do it, right? You know, 100%. as opposed to, hey, look at these group of students. I'm getting ready to do a black belt test for Krav. There's 15 juniors. There's six or seven. And they're all – and I've got my own guys that I've taught since little kids – uh, Robbie Edelman and Brandon Kemmer and Jason Flame, all kids or teenagers that have been with me that are all testing for their Krav Maga black belt that are school owners. And so this is where I need to focus. You know, as business is going to come back. It, it just will. I can't focus on the negative. I'm like, because I, I, I run into this all the time if we're going to be real. Like, I can't believe so-and-so did that. Same. Right? I'm like... <sighs> Are you kidding me? She charged back $300 instead of call me. Right. Right. And it's just, you know, and so you get, you know, you get upset and then you focus in on this negative. And so, and then it engulfs you all day. 100%. And you don't get nothing done. Nope. Right. And so by the time it's right, it's six or seven and you've been so mad all day, you're like, okay, what did I, what, okay, what exactly did that accomplish? Because the person that did it to you probably isn't thinking two, two shakes about you today, right? At all. So I think that, I think looking, listening to your story, uh, it's been great. So um, 
you know, I'm glad it's all it's all over with. We're we're rooting for the fifth year, and then we'll be calling you cancer free. And hundred percent. I don't know. Do you celebrate the day that you had that, uh, or is that? Do you know the date? No. You no, know, so it's not even a, a real no. thought process that way. I do remember the day I started martial arts. You remember that September fifteenth, twenty sixteen, and that was after your surgery, right? Mm-hmm. My the last surgery that I've, that that I had was June seventeenth. The only reason I remember mm-hmm. is because two days after my birthday, June fifteenth is my birthday. So wow, that's awesome. Well, guys, once again, this was Dickie Billings. That this is my very first interview. I'll get better and better as we go. Uh, so bear with me. Uh, it's all new to me and. I want it to be real. I want it to be authentic, but I want you to get something out of it either. I want you to get a little bit of what what it is, um, how I feel, and kind of my my take and maybe my years of experience for you. So uh, if you would, guys, do me a favor. If you can go to my website, you go to markcox.com and subscribe to my newsletter. My newsletter will have all the uh, show notes in it also, and the website will have the show notes also, but... Um, you know, I'll put out more show notes in the newsletter. So if you go in there, you'll see a subscribe button. Go in there and do that. If you could do me a favor, too, subscribe to us. You know, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. And where you can leave reviews and subscribe, that helps us kind of move up the charts. I'd appreciate you doing that. If there's a review you would do, I'd appreciate a, a, a review uh, on how this helped you out. So once again, that's markcox.com. You can find me on Facebook at markcox100 and same thing on Instagram. And uh, I think that's, well, I guess that's where we're going to roll, right? I appreciate it was awesome. the time uh, sitting here with you, Dickie. And it was a pleasure. You know, we'll just keep on punching. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.